Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Nick Shear, and I am recording from actually my home office tonight. Uh, for whatever reason, I decided to procrastinate on editing this podcast where Brody's ice cubes make an epic return. Uh, and on this podcast, we were able to talk with someone who I consider a friend, even though I've only known him here probably for a handful of months. But he uh, he's very genuine. He's definitely wise. And he actually listens when I talk. Brody! Excuse me. His name is Andrew Bushina, and he is the co-pastor at Common Ground Methodist Church. And uh, you'll be able to listen to him and see why our community is is lucky to have him. And so when... um when you have like a decision that gets made like that, uh-huh. is that uh, Andrew decision or is that a church board decision or a yeah? Who, so who it's 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 with the church board, and I and I'll, I'll uh, make clear up front too. So uh, my wife and I co-pastor. Um, so it's uh, and the way that we do it is it's not that you know one of us is the head pastor and one of us is the associate. We just kind of are both the lead pastor uh, and we co-pastor that way. Um, and so, yeah, when decisions like that have to be made, then it's us working with, uh, we have two councils. Um, so we used to have a very convoluted governance structure and we kind of blew that all up. And so now we have a mission and vision council, which is kind of the big picture side of things. Um, and they also do kind of the HR side of things too. Uh, and then we have an administrative council. So that's like what you think of like trustees and finance. So like the money and the physical building. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we figure stuff out. There's a lot that goes into it. Do you feel like you have to wear a lot of hats or do you feel pretty good about delegating a lot of things? You have to be involved in almost all those types of things? Yeah. So, I mean, any of the kind of big stuff um, we we want to be involved in. Um, but honestly, that's one of the really interesting things about being a pastor is there just, there's a lot of hats that you wear, um, especially a pastor at a smaller church. So we're kind of like a small, medium sized church, like hundred to 150 on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think people think about pastors and they probably think about preaching, maybe like pastoral care, visiting people in hospitals, maybe like leading Bible studies. So we do that stuff too. But we're also, we're the head of the staff, um, so we're we're leading staff, have to think about HR things. Uh, we're like the marketing department as well, uh, and um, we're also like the, the financial people too. Like I know what's going on with our budget and all the expenditures and all the money that's coming in. Um, and so just a lot of different things that we're involved in, but I like that. I think it's fun. And we're the, like, community outreach people too. Sure. Um, so like doing stuff like the youngish professionals group is, mm-hmm. uh, that's really fun. And I get to do that as part of my job, which sure. is fun. Yeah. yeah. We say it's part of our job too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like this podcast is part of our job. Yeah, exactly. This is, I mean, I'm on the clock right now. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. So remind me, how long have you been here at this church as the so co-pastor? It'll be eight years in July. Whew, it's been that long? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. it was that long. No, I know. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been that long to us either. So was that like right for you? Where did you go to school? So I did undergrad at the University of Sioux Falls and then seminary uh, at Princeton in New Jersey. Okay. So my wife and I 
met at seminary. We graduated 2015, and then uh, we. Mo- I got a job first in Minnesota. She's from Michigan. I'm from Minnesota, so I moved us. We moved to Minnesota. Sure. I brought her here. You won uh, that battle. I won that battle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, and uh, she likes it here too. Yeah. Uh, I got a job at a church in Forest Lake. And then my wife was working at uh, campus ministry at the U of M. So we did that for a year while we were living in St. Paul. And then uh, we got appointed up here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how long did you know you wanted to go to seminary school and be a pastor? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I never planned to be a pastor. I did not want to be a pastor. Even when I went to seminary, I didn't want to be a pastor. Hmm. Uh I was terrified of public speaking. Uh, and so like if I would have to get up in front of a class and talk like knees shaking, feeling sick to my stomach, I would be so nervous, like the whole time leading up to it. So when I was in undergrad, I took religion, some religion courses and I loved it. Uh, so I, I added a theology major. And then when I was done with that, when I graduated from undergrad, I kind of, I just had the sense that I wasn't done learning about that. Like I just, there's just, there's always more to dive into and I wanted to keep diving into that. Uh, so I had the thought that, you know, either I will eventually go on and teach, you know, get my PhD and teach eventually, Hmm. or I'll do some sort of ministry and you know, that who knows what that'll be. So I decided to go to seminary, uh, and the whole time through seminary, that kind of was still my plan. And even after I graduated from seminary, I was more comfortable with public speaking, but I still wasn't, I wasn't looking for a job being a pastor. So my first job, I was a director of worship and outreach at the church. Okay. Um, and when we got appointed up here, I still wasn't planning on being a pastor. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the... Um, so the district superintendent is kind of our boss, uh, and is in charge of Methodist churches from like Duluth down to the cities, this whole swath. Okay. Uh, and she met my wife and then met me and said, we think this church would be a really good fit. I'll appoint you there together. And we were both like, yeah, yeah, we'll try it. Mm -hmm. Kind of was our attitude. And then when we got here, it just was a really good fit. And, uh, you know, you can have my wife on sometime and she can speak for herself, but kind of the more I did it, the more I fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's probably a lot different from a lot of other pastors, Mm -hmm. but honestly, I didn't know I wanted to be a pastor until I was a pastor. Interesting. And it's like, I'm here and it's, it's the perfect fit. Is that how all pastors are, um, get jobs as they're appointed by somebody? Yeah, that's. So that's a good question, and I'll try not to get too boring and detailed. Well, I can keep it really short. So in the Methodist church, that's how it works. Um, So uh, you don't really, you don't apply for a job. Uh, Instead, the the people at the conference level, so Minnesota is our conference, um, they kind of say, hey, given who you are, what your gifts and skills are, and what this church community is like, we think it would be a good fit. Uh, And then you can kind of... Um, say yes or no, uh, and and decide if you think it's a good fit sure. or not. But it works differently in different churches. Sure. Um, so yeah, so like the Catholic Church is like that as well. They send priests okay. wherever they want to go. But like Lutheran Church is different. Baptist Church is different. Huh. Yeah. Good. I like that. I feel like um, I've appointed Nick quite a few jobs, <laughs> and tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
could, could be good at that job. Yeah, it's you know it's a valid way to do things. <laughs> <laughs> Did you grow up Methodist? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, so uh, Amelia grew up Methodist. Um, I grew up Lutheran, actually. Okay. Um, so. Uh, I say that I brought her to Minnesota. She brought me to the Methodists, and we're yeah. both better for it. So, so coming from someone who was, I didn't grow up going to church at all. Yeah. Um, what it? What are? What is Methodist? What is the different type of beliefs or yeah. values? Yeah, yeah. Different with yeah. being Methodist. Yeah. Um, so kind of the the big thing in the Methodist Church is um, like some of the emphasis, I guess, is it's it's a lived faith. Um, so kind of combining the um, the the spirituality and uh, any beliefs that we have with with action you know it's not we don't just get together on sunday morning and do church stuff but we also are, are intentional about trying to live out in the world and put into practice what we talk about um so uh, and i don't think that's unique to the methodist church but that's definitely um one, one of our big uh, emphases um and then I'm trying to think of how to answer this question without getting too, too in the complex. too in the weeds with theology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I guess I'll just say a couple other things that um, you know maybe differentiate us from some other churches that are just some simple things. So, like uh, you know, different churches have different beliefs on, say, baptism. Do you baptize infants or do you baptize people when they're older? Uh, Methodist Church mostly people get baptized when they're infants. But we also, uh, you know, if there's a family that's like, we'd, we'd like to wait until they're older, we're, we're fine with that, too. You mm -hmm. know, we don't think that we're saving your soul by baptizing your baby, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and, like, there's differences of opinion on communion and what actually, what's happening when, uh, when we take communion. And so for us, uh, it's really important that, you know, we say communion is open to everybody uh, and that... Um, you know, it's not just, you know, you don't have to be worthy or believe the right thing to take communion. Instead, like communion is a place where you could actually, you can actually experience grace and experience God. And like, if you read the Bible, Jesus gave communion to Judas. So if Jesus is going to give communion to Judas, we're not going to tell anybody that they come, can't come take communion. The other thing I'll say is... Uh, Open hearts, open minds, open doors. That's like a big Methodist tagline. That's, sure. Yeah. How we yeah, try I think to live. I think one of the things first things when I met you, you kind of introduced yourself as pastor at Common Ground, and people maybe wonder like, can you just you say we accept everybody in yeah. every way of life and shape yeah. and form? And yeah. I think that's a pretty cool way. And we've yeah. I've seen a lot of people pretty excited to have you say those things. So yeah. something okay. different. I appreciate that. And we, yeah, um, you know, I when we say it, we really mean it. Mm -hmm. um, like we've got. We've got people here, I, I say, and it's true, we have people all the way from lifelong Methodists to atheists who come to church every Sunday. And, um, you know, we have people who are in committed uh, marriages who are straight and committed marriages who are gay. We have people who are transgender who show up on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's really important to us that we can be a space that is um, safe and accepting and loving for literally anybody mm -hmm. when you came in eight years ago was it called was this called common ground all the time is that what it was called or it was when we got here okay uh, but it was a name change it was not it was not called when, common ground when yeah. i went to church here yeah. it was a methodist church it though. was just the cambridge methodist church I okay think. Yeah. yeah okay i want to say like 2012 somewhere in there is when they did the okay. name change okay yeah. so when you come in eight f 
eight years ago. Yeah. Was there, did you come in thinking you wanted to make changes to it? Was mm-hmm. there like a lot of, was there a great foundation here? Did yeah. you feel like there's a lot of improvements that could be made? What kind of things did yeah. you kind of learn or figure out in the beginning that maybe change things? That's a really good question too. So when we came in, there really was a great foundation. Um, you know, there had been um, various things in, you know, probably the, the 10 years prior to when we got here that uh, there's a lot of turmoil that had happened in the church. Um, just, you know, they went in those 10 years, they went through three or four pastors, which is just difficult in general. There was uh, different divisions in the church. Um in that time, uh, there was there was conflict, which happens in churches between a traditional service and a contemporary service. And the contemporary service left and started a new church. So was, there was a lot of turmoil. Um, and also, what happened when they did that name change to Common Ground? That was when um, they also made the decision as a church: uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of claim our identity as a, a progressive church. Uh, as a church that's open and inclusive, specifically to the LGBTQ community. So people who just weren't in alignment with that, um, then they, they left as well. So when we got here, we came after all of that happened. So what that meant was the church was in kind of a, a difficult and precarious place, but everybody who was still here, everybody who was showing up on Sunday morning, they were 100% in. Sure. Um, they'd gone through the worst. They had they had gone through it uh, and they were all like really pretty much on the same page too. So our predecessors had already done the really hard work of um, kind of having organizational alignment, getting everybody on the same page, moving in the same direction. So we were able to come in and then just kind of continue to build on that. Um, so, uh, a couple of years after we got here, um, we had a congregational vote to become a reconciling congregation, which is in the United Methodist Church. That's just kind of officially voting as a church that um, you know you'll you would perform a gay wedding in your church. You're you're accepting of people of the LGBTQ community. Um, so we had that vote, and it passed ninety eight percent. So it, it's like all that was was here already, but mm-hmm. we were able to continue to build on that. Um, and, you know, because that was the foundation that was here and and people were moving in the same direction, uh, then we've really seen growth in those eight years, um, because there are, as the church continued to grow more healthy, there are people in this community who were looking for who we are as a church. Um, and so, you know, new people start coming and, and that kind of tends to have a snowball effect. Sure. So So you've grown pretty good a little over eight years then yeah what do yeah. you call your group do you call them a congregation congregation yeah. okay yeah didn't know the proper <laughs> term you can just call them a group yeah <laughs> they're, they're a gaggle <laughs> well i shouldn't say they we're a gaggle yeah uh yeah so we're uh you know like i said when when we got here maybe and it's it's not all it's not all about numbers but that's just helpful metrics for mm-hmm. um uh, you know, maybe 70 people on a Sunday morning, um, and we kind of just did our year-end numbers, and we're averaging um, like 148 on a Sunday morning. Wow! Um, so, uh, yeah, it's been it's been really positive. Yeah, yeah, good for you. So, 140. What 
what is the goal? I mean, is, is the goal, you just said it's a good metric to use numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Is the goal to continue to grow that way or are you looking to grow in other ways? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a complicated question because yeah. I think every pastor thinks that everybody should come to their church because their church is so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think it's dangerous as a church to say our goal is to grow um, because then it's just really easy to compromise on values sure. uh, for the sake of growth. Um, so I, I think our, our hope is always to grow because not because uh, it's, it's good for us to have a big impressive church, but because legitimately uh, we think that we have, um, we have something to offer. Uh, we have a positive community, a positive environment, uh, and that it's not just, it's good for people to come together and to be in community with each other. And the more that we can do that, the more that we can have a positive impact on the community, the better for everybody. Um, so I guess the answer to your question is yes, um, with some caveats. For sure. Yeah, good. Um, but, and, and you asked about growing in other ways too. I, I think we always wanna be growing in how we are making a difference in the community. Um, you know, I know we talked before the interview started about we're, we're hosting Path to Home right now. Um, and that's really good. Uh, but one of the important things about a church and having, you know, 140 people together at one time is that you have collective power. You can create bigger impact. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes it's hard to know exactly uh, what the most useful way of yeah, that impact exactly. is. Um, so the, that's where we always want to grow too, is mm. keeping our eyes and our ears open for how can we be making positive impacts in the community. So. Yeah, it'd be a lot better than have, if we had 140 of us, we just got the two of us. It'd be a little easier when we have 140, huh? It'd be easier, sure. <laughs> yeah. When? When you have 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we have 140. So I, I'm curious, back to something you said. So yeah. like you said, I didn't grow up going to church. I'm not really a spiritual person. Yeah. But I was curious, you said you have like atheists that come in and still come yeah. on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. What what do they see as, because I have gone to church with family and gone to things, and I do think the, the sense of community, the friendships mm -hmm. is really important and great. And the learning about philosophies and perspectives that can relate to yeah. everyday life is really yeah. cool too. What, what do people that maybe aren't as spiritual kind of gain come into mm -hmm. your services? Yeah. Um, you know, I think if a person self-identifies as atheist, all that they're saying is they don't believe that there is a God, right? Uh, but I think there are plenty of atheists or agnostics who uh, have rich spiritual lives. Um, so just even if at a minimum, it's this sense that uh, maybe we're all connected, or it's the sense that there's there's something bigger than than me, mm -hmm. um, and there's something powerful about being in a community who, altogether, we're asking big questions. Um, to 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 do the the brief spiel, our mission statement here is we're a Christ-centered com community living out profound inclusivity, authentic questions, and compassionate justice. So for for us here at this church and like as an institution, we're inspired by the life, the example of Jesus, like we're, we're a Christian church. Uh, but 
even if you're a person who, you know, uh, you don't think there's a God, maybe you think Jesus was just a great guy, that's great. And there's still a lot that you can get out of being in a community who's asking big questions together. Like, what are we all doing here? How can we better learn to love each other? Uh, and things like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, Good that's Yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, I, I have, I have a friend who's a, a pastor and honestly, I don't even, I don't even know, know um, what his denomination is, but, yeah. um, he told me like, it's the struggles of being a pastor yeah. and maybe it's different for you. Obviously you have your wife who's here with you and, yeah. um, you have a great staff and maybe he was speaking more. He just, he talked about how there was so much solitude and he mm. felt like a lot of, obviously he cared about everyone that was in his church, but some of those like actual genuine friendships, sometimes mm. being the yeah. pastor, you don't get some of those as close friendships because they yeah. see you as the pastor or yeah. come to you with their hardships and having all those hardships too is yeah. just something to struggle with. Do you, do you struggle? With, what are some of the struggles that you have as a pastor that you've had to deal with or figure yeah. out or are figuring out? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think for me it can be, uh, or maybe it has been in the past. If you put the pressure on yourself of any success or failure, you know, whether it's, you know, talk about, church attendance or, you know, if you try some program as a church or have some event, if you put that success or failure on yourself as a pastor, uh, then that's, uh, so in the past, well, I shouldn't say in the past, sometimes that causes stress for me and I have to remind myself, like, it's not all about me. I'm not all that important. We're all doing these things as a community. Um, and then it, it can be a lot too, and this, this ebbs and flows, but pastoral care, you know, you are kind of taking on what's happening in 140 people's lives. Right. Um, so it's been important for me to, um, you know, as much as possible, not completely disconnect from that, but, but to be able to, 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 compartmentalize yeah yeah to to a degree you know okay. um to 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 focus on those things for a time but then be able to let them go mm -hmm. um or visit somebody in the hospital and and maybe keep thinking about them throughout the day but not be thinking about them all day or all week as much mm -hmm. as possible just uh and i don't know if that sounds callous or not but it's you just have to do it i, I care about all the people here um but you can't care about everybody a hundred percent a hundred percent of the time yeah you don't want to give a hundred you don't want to give one percent to every person when you're yeah. when you're with them or you're doing those things you yeah. want to give as much as you yeah. can exactly yeah. uh and like you said it does help a lot um that my wife and i co-pastor because it's also you know this is a it's a 24 7 job um that just stuff can pop up uh and so when you're when you're a pastor and you're married, if your spouse does something else for a profession, uh, it, it can be tough because they're not they're not in it. Yeah, um, but we both get it, so we can support each other and, and fully understand. understand it all. How, what, how do you decide what you're going to be talking about on Sunday mornings? Uh, you just you think of one. You do you go week by week and you just think like mm -hmm. I want to touch on this. How can I relate it or how do I do that? Do you guys you guys do do you do every other with your wife or you kind of for the most part yeah. we do every other yeah, yeah it kind of depends on the season as well but our general rhythm is to do every other for sermons um and then we try to plan out 
at least a couple months at a time. Um, and so usually we do series. Uh, so like this fall, we did a Ted Lasso series and then we had a faith in the arts series and then we had our advent series. Okay. Um, so we try to be looking out. Uh, so like, uh, just last week we planned our whole Lenten series and picked out all the scriptures all the way until Easter. So like, that's all that's locked in. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, uh, after Easter, we're going to do some sort of um, like creation care, maybe talking about environmental stewardship. So like we have that series planned out, but we still need to pick the scriptures and the specific sure. topic for each Sunday. Um, so once we kind of got into that system, it helped a lot because uh, once Monday rolls around, so I'm preaching on Sunday, I already knew, okay, this is my scripture. So I can, I can look at that and then kind of pull out here's how what the angle i want to approach it from and um here's what i want to focus on in that scripture you can take it if you need to you sure it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> um i'm curious maybe dumb question how big is music in mm. in your services because i've yeah. gone i've gone to services now and it, it's a con like i've gone to some bigger yeah. churches and it's a concert yeah, and i, I mean the, the cameras they have it up on the big screen they're going back and forth the lighting like is that yeah. a, a yep. decent piece for you guys or not so much? uh so music is definitely a big part of the service uh but it's not um uh it's not like a concert for for us uh so you know we usually do uh you know we usually have like three songs or hymns that we're we're singing together as a congregation um and then we have a really good choir uh if you know frank wells was the choir director at the school district he's our choir director here mm. um uh and so we have a choir most sundays uh who are singing and then we're really lucky that we've got like four different musical groups who play for us um and we rotate different sundays mm -hmm. um and so you know it's it's guitars and drums but it's not as big of a production sure. you'll see yeah. As you, yeah, yeah. At, at different churches um but the fun thing about that too is then uh, they always do a prelude and a postlude and we kind of let them do whatever they want for that. So, you know, have the Beatles and Bob Dylan or uh, Fender and Peck is a band, a local band here, and they'll play their original music for us. Um, so that, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. Super cool. Yeah. How's your singing voice? Uh, it's all right. Okay. Yeah, so he's I probably was, pretty good. Prove it. I was, I was, I was saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really on the spot. Right? <laughs> Is there anything you want a message out there for all 20 people who listen to this or? <laughs> well, let's see. So I should, uh, I should plug, I'm going to pull up on my calendar because we have a concert coming up. Uh, Frank Wells also organizes all of our concerts. So we have a, a concert, common ground concerts, concert series that we do during the, um, during the school year. It's here at church. And then in the summer we do concerts out at the winery at North Folk. Um, so we have a concert coming up sometime in February. On February 29th, Sarah Thompson. Uh, so she's a Duluth artist. I think it's most uh, kind of folk genre. Sure. Um, so February 29th, get your tickets. It's going to be fun. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Do you, do you do most stuff like on your website or social media for mm -hmm. type of stuff like yeah. that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So on our website and then, uh, yeah, if you follow Common Ground on Facebook, then all that stuff goes out on there as well. I was looking around for pictures of you. I haven't seen any yet, Brody, from your time here. When you, you must have checked all the walls. I haven't checked all the walls yeah. yet. We got to look in the fellowship hall. 
there's pictures of all the confirmants. Were you confirmed here? You betcha. Oh, we're gonna find, we're gonna find you <laughs> yep. after we're done talking. That sounds here. awesome. <laughs> we did have somebody that already said, talked about some public speaking thing you did. It was really memorable. Yeah. yeah, but you don't remember. It. I don't remember it, it but I, she I did. I don't think it was you. <laughs> you I know, know 16, 17 year old Brody, and he did not come in on his free time <laughs> to church to do any public speaking. I don't think. Yeah. Clearly, I did. You know, now that we know that you have that history, if you ever wanted like a guest sermon, that would be good. Uh, that we'll, would be. We'll good. We'll make sure all twenty <laughs> listeners of your podcast know mm-hmm. when it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Our moms uh, will come. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think it. my mom listens to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, keep up the good work. Yeah. Thank you. Andrew Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, it's cool to add a perspective from a pastor. Um, you know, when we, I'll be honest with you, when Nick and I and, and Kyle started talking about the idea of a formation of a podcast and yeah. who we're going to, what you know, what premise, who are we going to have on, yeah. never in the um, planning stages did we say we're going to have uh, a pastor or anybody from the church on. Um, but then we so, met Andrew. But then we met, met Andrew, and so... I mean, I'm clearly your outreach. hearts and minds. That's here. pretty cool. <laughs> no, I really appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, really, really great questions, too. Yeah. Cool. I appreciate Good. it. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cool.